Hey, Husker fans, welcome to another episode of the Husker Big Red Podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. As always, go Big Red. Welcome back, everybody. It is Thursday, and we are back here for another episode. Like we said, Danny, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. It's cold here in Massachusetts, but other than that, I'm doing good. I just hate the winter. But you know what's not cold? The rumor mill. The rumor mill is far from cold, and as a matter of fact, it's ice hot on this Thursday morning. There is a lot of rumors going on around right now, um, you know, in regards to Nebraska football. So we'll get to that. We'll touch on uh, Tony White, um, you know, what Matt Rule said about uh, quarterbacks and the transfer portal quarterbacks, which it's been a ton of activity the last few days. Yeah. But uh, before we do that, make sure that you guys, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Uh, make sure you help us out, you know, share our content, get into the comment section um, and help us share this channel. Uh, we've been growing quite a bit. So um, if you uh, haven't subscribed yet, please do that so you don't miss uh, any of our future content. Um, so now to the issue at hand, first off, uh, Tony White, um, when we last talked to you, uh, San Diego state was kind of up in the mix. Now they've hired a different coach, um, you know, Sean Lewis from uh, Colorado. So no worry there, but there is uh, kind of some blustering about Tony White potentially going to USC. Um, you know, there's been a lot of chatter on Twitter about it. Sean Callahan mentioned it this morning, um, in, uh, you know, his kind of, uh, weekly report that, you know, there's. Not that not that it's going to happen, but that there's a possibility of it. So, Danny, how worried are you that Nebraska is about to lose Tony White, its star defensive coordinator? San Diego State it didn't really worry me, to be completely honest with you. USC worries me a lot more because they have the money to pay White, and quite honestly, White would be a great fit out in Southern California. I mean, if you really look at, you know, USC as a whole this past season, it was the defense that was an issue. And historically, their defenses have never been solid. It's always something that I felt have kept them from bigger things. And, you know, I think adding White to the defensive side of the football for USC would just, you know, it just seems to make too much sense for the Trojans. So, quite honestly, I am a little bit worried about you know, White going to USC and the fact that Nebraska is too cheap to keep uh, White, but we'll gladly keep Mark Satterfield. We'll see. I mean, if they, you know, if they have any, if Trev and uh, Matt Rule have any sense about them, they're probably, you know, working on a deal behind the scenes right now because I think Tony White signed a three-year deal that paid him $3 million, if I'm not. Um, I believe that's what Sean Callahan said today. So I'm going to make sense him. if he's only getting paid $1 million a year this year. Yeah, he needs to be, you know, he needs to be up in the two million range. And I, I saw some Nebraska because somebody, you know, on Twitter you can't trust everything, but you know there was the, like the three million, three million a year number thrown out there, and you know I saw some people being like, "There's no way that USC is going to pay that much for a defensive coordinator." Yes, they would. They almost yeah, would because, um, I believe last year before he left for the NFL, um, Georgia's offensive coordinator was making over two million dollars a year. Um, so, I mean, if you're talking about a guy that, you know, I mean, if you're Lincoln Riley and you really think that this guy's going to, you know, be the missing piece, then yeah, they would. I don't know if they, if they would pay 3 million, but definitely they would more than they would easily double his salary right now. So Nebraska really needs to make sure that, you know, they get, they keep Tony white, um, you know, cause it's, like I said, it's understandable to lose him to another head coaching job, but to lose him to USC, especially since USC's come into the big 10, I mean, so essentially you'd be losing him to another team in your conference. Like you have to be able to, to step up and, and uh, pay him. You just have to. And, uh, you know, on that same point, you know, Matt Rule's talking about, you know, the 
transfer portal quarterbacks, you know, and how much they cost or whatever. Like, you know, I get it and it sucks and it's against the rules and all that type of stuff. But you know what? If if he wants to win here, then he they need to pay up and they need to pay up now because like Will Howard ain't walking through that door without money. You know what I mean? And none of these guys, I mean, maybe they could get, you know, Blake Shapin for less than a million dollars, but you know, like this program, this program means too much. And uh, you know, there's just, there's no reason that Nebraska should be, you know, playing on the cheap here. And if you're, especially in the big 10 with all this money, that's going to be coming in. I mean, they're revamping all these stadiums, like, get with the program here. Like if you want to be a big time college football program, you got to pay the money and it starts with Tony white and the quarterback position. Well, I think part of the reason they're playing on the cheap is because they still have no idea what the hell they're doing with NIL. I mean, they have NIL set up, but it seems like they're very behind the times in terms of moving things quickly and getting up to speed with NIL. I mean, you know, I think it's going to take some money to get a top notch quarterback into the program. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Matt Rule said yesterday what the price tag was, and I have my doubts as to whether Nebraska will, you know, fork over that money in whatever capacity that they do. And their NIL structure is already very disorganized. And, you know, so I have my doubts there. I hope I've proven wrong, and I am hope and I hope that, you know, we're, we're able to get a solid quarterback, but I think we're going to have to pay and you know, I know people don't like to hear that, but that's just the way college athletics is right now, and it's better to get with the times than all behind them. Yeah, it's really it's interesting to me, you know, how uh, the NCAA is trying to break down Michigan's door, but you got a kid from right, you had a kid from Duke, Riley Leonard, and the transfer portal hasn't even opened yet. He's entered the transfer portal, and there's already crystal ball projections. Max Johnson has already went from from one school to another, and the portal's not even open. So it's like the NCAA is not everybody's tampering. Everybody's paying for players. The NCAA doesn't care. And so Nebraska, yeah, you either need to get with it or, you know, you're not going to be able to compete in this conference. Either you want to be, you know, Northwestern or you want to be like, you know, Ohio State, because that's that's what, you know, you need. to. That's what needs to happen. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, and to me, what it sounds like, I don't know a lot about the NIL stuff, but it sounds like that, uh, you know, from. Callahan and from what Callahan and Sipple have said, it's really, you know, that the NIL program really runs how Matt Rule wants it to run. Um, and, you know, and they've said, you know, of all the problems that Nebraska has, that's not that's not one of them, really, because it's 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 up to Matt Rule and he doesn't want to. I mean, I understand not wanting to pay high school kids, I guess. I, I believe that that was definitely a factor with Carlon Jones. Um, and, you know, frankly, I, I don't really understand that, honestly. Yeah. And but and. I also, though, you know, I don't necessarily agree with Matt Rule saying like, oh, if kids are going to take visits elsewhere, we can't we can't keep them committed because we're over scholarship. That doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense to me. That's just, you know. Well, I think it's the thinking that, you know, you we if kids are going to take visits, then they can't waste their time because they're already missing out on recruiting by, you know, hoping that this kid stays and especially if Carlin Jones, for example, visited Ohio State, I mean, you kind of have to figure in the back of your mind that he's probably going to go to the Buckeyes and not stay at Nebraska. So I can understand that just because they recruit so quickly and they, you know, identify talent so quickly that if kids are already taking visits to other big-name schools that, let's be real here, you probably know you don't have at least a shot to, you know, contend with in terms of recruiting, then – I totally get, you know, cutting ties and moving on because, you know, especially with the way this conference is going to tread next year with all these competitive teams, 
you could be missing out on somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with that, and I get the point of it, but, you know, it sounds awful Brian Kelly and Dabo Sweeney to me, like, oh, if our guys take, you know, like, they had, they've had these no-visit policies, and I just don't think that it helps you, and especially in this new age of recruiting. I just, it comes off the same as, you know, I mean, Matt, I mean, like, honestly, Matt Rule sitting up there, you know, complaining about how much it's going to cost a quarterback, that did not do Nebraska any favors on the recruiting trail. Like, it just makes you seem like you don't want to pay players and that you're against it and uh, that you don't think that – it just, like, don't sound like Dabo Sweeney up there, man. Like, that's the last thing that you want to do. So, I, you know, I don't know why he's even talking about it. It's like he's complaining about it. I just, like, either – like figure out what you can get on a quarterback and go do it. Like I just, I'm not really sure why he's bringing it up in a public forum like that. Well, I think it was a message to the powers that be to pony up or get ready to maybe spend some money because we need a quarterback. I mean, I hope so, but it also seems like that he's the one that doesn't want to, you know, spend like that. So I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what Matt Rule's doing on that front, but they've got to. Whatever happens, like this, they've got to get. A, they cannot. It would be a disservice to this program if they yeah. bring back Purdy and Harburg and. Frankly, you know, while we're still on the topic of Tony White, it would be a disservice to this program if they don't make some changes offensively to the coaching staff. I and, agree. Um, you know, he said yesterday that, you know, Coach Rule, that Satterfield was Satterfield was supposed to coach tight ends, not quarterbacks, and they need to make that happen. I'm not saying that Josh Martin didn't do a good job this year, but he was hired to be an analyst. He's paid less than $200,000 a year. They need to make him an analyst again, and they need to go find a real quarterbacks coach because unless they do that, I really don't, you know, that. Like the offense did not work this year. The quarterback play was terrible. It was among the worst in college football, and uh, there needs to be some accountability for that. Just to, just to like plow forward into the next season without getting a bigger, a better quarterback or a different coach. To me, is just that's the definition of insanity. Well, I think originally they wanted Jake Peets to be on the staff last year, and then mm -hmm. that kind of fell through, and then that kind of left them without a plan B. Yeah, and they they need to get someone like that, in my opinion. Um, so we'll see what they can do. And then, you know, if Satterfield can coach tight ends or maybe, you know, if Tony White does leave, you know, they they make a promotion on defense and that opens up a, another spot. But, you know, it's easy to just say, let's get a quarterback's coach, but who's going to lead the staff? That's the, you know, that's the thing you got to look at. But I do think that changes need to, you know, need to be made there because the quarterback position, I mean, it has to be better. And it's, you know, it is going to be tough to sell, you know, to, uh, you know, if you have another bad season, I mean, I guess if the offense has another bad season, I mean, Satterfield just needs to go. But, I mean, I'm really not feeling yeah. good about that hire. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give him another chance because, like I've said before, the last, like, multi-year offensive coordinator we had uh, was Troy Walters. And so we need some consistency on the offensive unit. And I get people don't really like Satterfield, and I'm not, you know, jumping around with my pom-poms cheering the Satterfield. But at the same time, I think we – I think – you know, we need to give him at least another season just to see what he could do. And, you know, I think, honestly, health was a huge issue last year. And I'm making, not using that as an excuse, but I think once we see people healthy and people return, combined with guys like Coleman and Jalen Lloyd and things like that, you know, I think it could be a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it should, yeah, it should definitely improve. And it seems like... um that Bryce Benhurd will be back and Corcoran. And I believe, you know, Matt Rule indicated that Ben Scott will be back. So, I mean, you've got. Amir Johnson was officially announced as back yesterday too. So. Yeah. So you've got, I mean, especially on the offensive line, though, I mean, that's three, you know, I'd like to see Corcoran play guard. And then um, I'd still, you know, Teddy played okay last year, but, you know, wouldn't, 
if they could go find a big time tackle or at least a a swing tackle of sorts, you know, um, that would help. I think, I think, I do think that they need often my, in the portal, my biggest needs, I think are offensive line, um, linebacker, wide receiver. And I, I think they need a running back. Um, I don't know yeah. if, you know, other people might not, but you know, Anthony Grant is, is gone. Um, I don't know if Gabe Urban, I think Gabe Urban has another year of eligibility. Yeah, he does. So I haven't seen if he'll be back yet, but you know, he's just been so, you can't count on him. I'm sorry, but you know, you can't count on his body to hold up. And it just hasn't at this level. And um, kind of the same with Ramir Johnson, I guess you could say the same too. So really you've got, you know, basically Emmett Johnson at this point. And um, I'm trying to think of who that other freshman was. Quentin Knives. Yeah. Quentin Knives. So, I mean, there's some, there's some potential there, but this team really needs to get, in my opinion, like a, a big, a big time receiver and a big time run. Not a big, just, but just like a guy that's proven. Right. Right. No, I agree. And, you know, I think on that same level, I think, you know, selling, selling a solid offensive line to, you know, a potential running back is going to be big. And I think, you know, in terms of, you know, how big the Grant Bricks commitment was uh, this week, you could, you could sell that to a potential quarterback as well. Say, hey, you know, if you want to come in, we have our offensive line set for the future, and these are the weapons, a.k.a. Coleman, Doss, Lloyd, and a bunch of others that we have that you can work with. And I think in that respect, it may, it might be easier to sell, um, you know, if you have some of those players that can make an impact. Yeah, it definitely does, I think. And, um, you know, I did want to spend a good chunk of time here, too, you know, talking about that quarterback position. And a bunch of guys, obviously, have hit the transfer portal that, you know, could be of interest to Nebraska. And, um, you know, it's interesting, too, what Matt Rule said, because, you know, he talked about having, like, bringing in a a multi-year guy, which is, again, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, but, uh, like, if you can if you can find a guy that can play well for one, one year and uh, kind of bridge the gap to, you know, Danny Kalen or some other guys, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't want a multi-year guy, but like, you just need to go find a guy who can win you six games next year, because I'm not sure that that guy's on the roster and this team can win more than six. This team should be able to win about eight games next year, but they need somebody at the quarterback position that can actually not throw the football to the other team like four <laughs> times a game. And I mean, you know, we're asking like we, for the we joke of- about it, but yeah, but that's what Nebraska did. I mean, how many was there against Iowa? Cause I mean, what, there was three turnovers in that game, yeah, I want to say? Fum- uh, there was I a mean, fumble, and then there was an interception at the end, and then I think there were two fumbles and an interception, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and- yeah, because Chubba fumbled the other time. I mean, so it's like, dude, you get, you just, I mean, if this team could turn the ball over like one time per game, they would they would have, like legitimately, if they had a good quarterback this year, if they had like a Blake Shapin or a Will Howard or somebody like that, they would be playing Saturday night. That's 100%. Yeah. Like, there's no reason this team shouldn't be playing in Indy on Saturday night. There's no, re- I mean, that Iowa team that made it is not is just garbage. I mean, they're gonna get rolled. I don't know about that. I mean, I think that they're crappy enough to you know make it a, a tight game. You know, I don't really know, but I, Nebraska should not have won five games this year. And you know, like Matt Rule can say like he likes Jeff Sims and he's happy that you know. And I just another thing too. Oh, if Jeff Sims would have got here and we would have had an easy schedule, he would have he would have got going better it's like come on Matt what are you talking about like 
either you can play or you can't play. It's it does not matter. You know, if you if you start off against so and so state, you know what I mean. Just like well, he's not going to throw his players on the bus during a press conference. I know, but just some of the stuff that he says to me comes off as just a little ridiculous. But I, I, I mean, he's not going to like. I mean, we've had a coach that's throwing his players on the bus during a press conference, and that didn't work either. So I no, can, and I'm not I'm not saying that, yeah. but you know, but I just the idea that like if Jeff would have started against Northern Illinois, that this season just would have went, you know, if that would have been our first game and that, you know, this season would have went swimmingly. Like, I just don't think that that's believable on any level, you know, like playing, playing a cupcake team first doesn't make you all of a sudden know how to take care of the football. You know what Although I mean? That's all I'm saying. Opening against a conference opponent. It does. That, that honestly does suck pretty bad. We've done it for what? Let's see. One, two, three years in a row now, at least. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it could have helped Jeff Sims to get some more confidence or whatever. But you know, it's just admit that you made a mistake. Admit that you made a mistake. And I, I know he's not going to say that, you know, especially the kids still on the roster. But you know, just he he's been saying he just has been saying some things. I'm like, why are why are you even saying that? You know, but that's just me. I mean, um, he is helpful for us because he gives us a lot of information during press conferences. So, I mean, yeah. and. Uh, Again, I to me, like I, I, I don't really take too much stock in these press conferences. It's more about, you know, the actions that follow or, you know, what happens and what we see versus what they say in the press conferences. I mean, because a lot of it, I think, is just him trying to protect his players, which I can respect. But, I mean, you know, I think, I think you know, he's just a guy that will – you know, give the media the sound bites that they want and then go about his business. And, you know, he's always going to try to, you know, make sure that his players are taken care of, whether it be in the media or on the field, or, you know, he's always going to go to bat for his guys. And, you know, sometimes that may lead to head scratching statements, but I definitely understand it. So, um, looking at just, you know, basically the quarterback position, I guess, who, you know, who are some guys that, uh, you know, that you would think are, are good fits for Nebraska at the quarterback position? Who, who do you, who on that list do you want? Well, the big one here, and I've been looking into him a lot more is Will Howard. I mean, Howard is, you know, a quarterback that is consistent. He is accurate. I mean, he threw for 24 touchdowns last season, only 10 interceptions. Um, you know, he also, you know, can throw the football down the field. You know, his, his highest his highest um, pass or his longest pass for the season was 61 yards. And, you know, he brings experience. And not only did he have a good year last year, but he also, you know, had, you know, multiple good years. 2022, he threw for over 1,600 yards. 2020. He threw for, you know, 1,178 yards. And, you know, when I look at Howard's numbers, you know, aside from his first season, which he threw 10 interceptions, you know, he had one touchdown and one interception in 2021, 15 touchdowns and four interceptions in 2022, and 10 interceptions last year um, in comparison to 24 touchdowns. So he takes care of the football. You know, I think he would be a great fit. Um, for this uh, team. And then, you know, one of the other guys that entered the transfer portal, um, I believe it was yes, uh, either yesterday, meaning Wednesday or Tuesday, was Grayson McCall. And he's really intriguing. 
to me because he can also kind of take care of the football. Last year was a bit of an anomaly because he had six interceptions, which was his highest number as opposed to 10 touchdowns. But 1,919 yards last year, 2,700 yards the year before, you know, 2,488 yards in 2020, and 2,873 yards in 2021. I mean, he. It, I know some people may think that Coastal Carolina is a little bit of a lesser program, but they are pretty good. Um, and McCall has a ton of experience, so I wouldn't mind him coming in. I know he's not a multi-year guy like Matt Rule wants, but at the same time, you know, I think he would be a solid addition for an offense that needs to limit the turnovers and more importantly needs, you know, experience at the quarterback room because, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, Purdy is, you know, has had multi years of college football eligibility. And while that's true, he hasn't really had a lot of, you know, game situations and, you know, things like that. Obviously he played a little bit this year, but he hasn't had those consistent reps, you know, year in and year out to make him, what's the word I want to use? A, not, not a tangible starting quarterback, but a multi-year experienced starting quarterback. I mean, sure, his eligibility is, you know, it suggests that he's a multi-year college football quarterback, but his playing time, you know, is something different. So I think, you know, McCall and Howard are two guys that really intrigue me. Yeah, Will Howard probably would be my number one option right now just because, you know, he can – He's been productive. You know, he's completed about 60% of his passes in his career. Um, He's played, you know, he's a good play action passer. So I think that that would fit well with Nebraska. Um, 24 touchdowns this year. Like you said, he runs the football. He's got 19 touchdowns in his career that way. So I feel like he would fit. Grayson McCall um, would be a good one. But yeah, even, you know, I like Blake Shapin, um, a guy that's got like 38 touchdowns in his career. I mean, they just, Nebraska needs, you know, somebody that, can complete 60% of its passes and can throw like 15 to 20 touchdowns next year. You know, they don't need, they don't need a superstar, but they do need somebody that can be consistent and can move the chains. And so those would probably be my top three options right now. McCall, uh, Blake Shapin, and when Will Howard just trying to be realistic. Um, But if I had to, if I had to guess, I would probably say Blake Shapin would be the most realistic option right now. Cause I don't think he's going to carry a huge price tag, but which I would be fine with. I mean, I would be fine with that. That would, you know, to me, honestly, I think <laughs> it would be, you know, that would create an, inter- an interesting competition between him and Shubba. And then you, you still have Harburg there, and then you have Daniel Kalen, um, <clears throat> excuse me, coming in. So that would give you, I, I feel like, a good, you know, diverse quarterback room. You know, you'd have your veteran starter, a guy in Shubba that still, you know, has some developmental ability. And then, you know, you're, you're kind of your guy for the future. And then kind of that you know, Wildcat tight end, whatever you're going to be, Heinrich Harburg. I just think that I think that Heinrich Harburg is more valuable to Nebraska than any. I just don't see him going somewhere else and being a starter. So I think his best move is to stick it out here. And whether that's, you know, as a tight end, as a special teams guy, as as the, you know, as basically the, the guy for the Saints. I'm, I'm always forgetting his name, the quarterback. Taysom Hill. Yeah, he can be Nebraska's Taysom Hill. Outside of that, I don't know what else he's going to bring. But so we'll see. I mean, I just – I don't. I do think you know. I, I've heard um, Wisconsin with Will Howard. I've heard that name thrown around, and that would uh, be a blow, a big blow. 
And you know what's interesting? To, it's just because, like he said, he wants to play for a winner. And one one team, I think, to keep an eye on in all this is going to be Michigan because what you know, and it's going to come down, and the, they might be in a disadvantage because they're going to have to wait till JJ McCarthy makes his decision. But you know, like if he if he leaves, then that's going to be a uh, a starting job. I mean, for a really good team, and, and a kid like Will Howard, I think would be with his ability to play action and run a little bit, he'd be perfect there. So like. That's why I don't know Nebraska's. You, you got to act quickly because there's a lot of other really good options out there um, for these guys. So next week we'll see what happens. But I would I would honestly love for Nebraska to have their to have a quarterback transfer locked in before Christmas. I think that's the best way to go. Well, that's what happened with Casey Thompson, if I'm not mistaken. He uh, you know signed to Nebraska, committed to Nebraska like the week before Christmas, I think. So I mean. So, yeah, I would love to see them act quickly because if you don't act quickly, you snooze, you lose. And so, you know, I think quarterback is obviously a priority position. Uh, you know, I, I understand that people, even even a guy like Tyler Van Dyke, who I wrote about yesterday on HuskerBigRed.com, I mean, people are saying, oh, he's turnover prone and things like that. And, you know, he looks he looks like, you know, he, you know, Throws a lot of interceptions, and last year was a bit of an anomaly, uh, you know, covering Miami as well. I mean, I got to see he kind of looked disinterested at times and, you know, things like that. He would make poor decisions with the football, but prior to that, you know, he was the 2020 ACC Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he took good care of the football in his past three years. So maybe even a change of scenery, you know, in Lincoln – would do him some good, but you know, there are a lot of options out there and a lot of directions that Nebraska can go in. It's just about, they can't miss on this transfer portal quarterback. That's, that's pretty much the only guarantee here. Cause if they do, it could make for another mess. Yeah. Van Dyke. Um, yeah, I would be interested with him, but yeah, it's, it's going to, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do. I think if they're going to try to, you know, bargain shop and you know you, you get what you pay for so we'll see but I, I do think that you know a lot of these guys that have entered in the transfer portal in the last few days you know would be an upgrade um so you know North Carolina and Notre Dame have already got their quarterbacks so hopefully Nebraska will uh, get on it and uh, make sure they lock up theirs so um at that point I think uh, we'll be kind of wrapping up here you guys um so make sure like I said at the start of the show make sure that you hit the subscribe button um Get in the comments. Let us know what you think about, you know, who Nebraska should be targeting at the quarterback position. And uh, we'll be back. We're going to do another pregame. Even though we don't have a game, we'll do a chat on Saturday morning. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. But uh, even though oh, I was in, bummer. No still game. in game mode. But uh, but we do have a big game on Sunday against Creighton. So we can talk uh, some Creighton basketball. We'll, we'll uh, talk, I'm sure, some more Nebraska recruiting and transfer portal stuff. I'm sure that'll be a hot topic for the next oh, yeah. couple of days. So uh, make sure you're checking out HuskerBigRed.com, you guys. We have a lot of updates there as well. And uh, as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.